People always want to know what it's like to be me. How does it feel to see a dead body? Tell a family their loved one has been murdered. Talk to a rape victim. Catch a killer. And get them to confess. Hold on tight, my friends. Get ready for the journey. And welcome to Murder with Menina. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Murder with Menina. Oh, my gosh, Colleen, I have to update you on the trial, the mock trial with my kids. Yes, tell they me. They killed it. They killed it. Let me just set the stage for you. So been working on it for about three months. I have a very divided class, half with the prosecutor's office, half with the defense. And they've been preparing, preparing, and the day finally arrived. And I told them to meet in my classroom about 7.30. We were getting on the bus about oh, 9 o'clock. And they were in there kind of preparing and the prosecution walks in and they're all dressed in the same suit. They had on these like white pantsuit, white cream colored pantsuit. And they just fit the part. And it was fantastic. They were so super excited. Again, it showed me why I teach. It was that one moment where I was like, oh, I figured it out. So we get on the bus and I tell them, you guys, when you get off the bus, you hand me your cell phone. Like you can't have your cell phone in a courtroom. And you're not going to mess around with this judge because I knew the judge that was going to sit in. She's recently retired and I had had some cases in front of her and they were fine with it. And they just dropped off their cell phone and they went in and the prosecution or I'm sorry, the prosecutor's office from the county that we live in. We had everything set up. The judge was sitting at the uh, at her table. Uh, The jury seats were out. My first period class was the jury and then everyone got set up at the tables and they absolutely killed it. It was funny because I started out and the judge was just, if you didn't know any different, you would think it was a real court case. Like she handled it just like that. And so, you know, (laughs) she said she looks at both sides and it's so funny because my kids are up there at the desk, you know, at their tables. And then the prosecution prosecutor's office is kind of sitting behind them to kind of guide them if they get stuck. And then the def- or the uh, public defenders are doing the same thing. And the judge looks at the prosecution and says, are you ready for your opening statement? So she got up and she gave her opening statement and she was so nervous. She said it really, really fast, uh, but she did great. And it just was, it was fantastic the whole entire, and they had been waiting all this entire time. Like when they were practicing, they wanted to say objection so bad. And I was like, I'm like, you can't object to everything. So, But they got their opportunity about an hour into the trial to object to something. And all three of the kids were like, objection! And the judge was, <laughs> judge was laughing. But they did a fantastic job. They really did. And the students who oh, played the bravo. witnesses and the doctors and everything. And then the first year, uh, kids were the jury. And then they had jury deliberations. And they learned about that. And it was actually a hung jury for a while, half and half you know, wanted to say guilty and the other one to say not guilty. And we're like, guys, figure it out. We have to come back with a verdict. So they came back and they uh, found him uh, not guilty. And there was, he should have been not guilty. There was a ton of doubt in this case. It was a, it was a case of, it was a murder case. And, and there was just a ton of doubt, but they really, I, I can't believe how well they did. And then the prosecutor from Marion County was there and he's like, wow, you've really whipped these kids into shape. And I'm like, you know what? They just, they grabbed onto it and they did, they made me look super, super good. And then the judge <laughs> afterwards was telling them, you know, some of the things that they did really well. And it was just a fantastic experience. So lovely. Uh, lovely. Congratulations. That's a nice way to end the it semester. It is. And I'm like, you all get A's. You get an A. You get an A. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
so that was the good news there. And we're going to ride out the rest of the year. So what, what's new with you? Okay. So what's new with me is another one of my friends from, not from my same high school, but I knew him when I was in high school. He was in a, a different high school and I hung out with him in my 20s. And um, I found out he passed away, but I cannot find a cause of death. Um, oh, it's just shrouded in mystery, the whole situation. I know a side of him that uh, not everybody knows. Yeah. So I'm actually crafting an episode that we will do when I finish doing the research on his cause of death and what he's actually been up to this last couple of decades of his wow. life and sort of fill in those spaces. Yeah. And then um and then I'm gonna tell you the story. Well yeah, I know it's a, a pretty little bit. interesting one. It's a pretty interesting one and it's it's one that with your input listeners will learn a lot from. Absolutely. It's a yeah, I've turned Colleen into a detective. I really have. Oh good Lord. <laughs> I have really actually done such a good job. I mean uh, she texts me and she's like, people. I'm hell of a detective. And I'm like, I know. I'm, I, I, I know. I, I, I know. I actually, I mean, there's a lot of people looking into what happened to this person and what he's been up to uh, for reasons <laughs> I'll go into on another episode. And um, turns out he's changed his identity a bunch of times. Wow. I mean, there's a lot of ambiguity and muddy waters in this situation. And it's fascinating too, but I've made more progress than anyone. Thanks to you, Chris. Yes, and yes. I'm still digging. Well, stay digging. tuned for that. Cause that's, I know a little bit about that. We talked about that on the phone the other day and uh, it's an intriguing, intriguing story. So mm -hmm. uh, stay tuned for that guys. And also I have to give a shout out to all the people that are still uh, giving me great reviews. I really, uh, I really appreciate that because you know, you, you kind of want to know that you're touching the, the listeners and they're learning something. And, and so thank you so much for rating and reviewing and continue to do that. We, we completely appreciate it. So just to switch gears, we have to talk about what happened in Buffalo, New oh, York this past that's Saturday. So sad. You know, one of the things that's so disheartening about that is a retired officer was shot and was one of the victims that was working off-duty security at a, at a grocery store. And who on earth would ever think that we would need security at a grocery store? And I right. work security every Sunday at a church. At a church. Right. So. And you used to work at Kroger Security. Oh, man. It's, and you it's, have a lot of interesting and colorful stories from that. From yes. That. And so that one of the victims was a retired, um, I think, lieutenant from the Buffalo Police Department, and he was shot and killed. Uh, but if you haven't heard, which I can't imagine that you haven't, uh, a mass shooting that occurred on Saturday, this past Saturday, where, what was it, like 13 people were shot and 10 of them were killed in this grocery store shooting. And, you know, it's one of those things. And eh, when you look at these things and you read about these things, I can't, I can't help but go back to, you know, some of my uh, things that happened in my career and the scary stuff that happened and, and to go through life and think that'll never happen. And we keep saying that we don't think things like that will happen, but they're continually happening. And one thing that I learned really, really early on is you've got to, if people start talking about doing crazy things or writing about it, we have to start believing them. Because if you look at the past history of some of the shooting, if you look at the Michigan shooting with the with the student that went in and shot um, his classmates up in Michigan, I mean, he talked about doing it. Um, he wrote about it. He talked about it. And what's happening is when people are starting to talk about it, they're actually going forth and doing it, which is so 
super scary. And there's so many debates about, oh, you know, how did he get that gun? And, you know, New York's a tough state um, to purchase handguns and things to like that. And so the gun, I think what I read was it was purchased legally, but the magazine mm-hmm. was illegal uh, because it's got that high capacity. And so when we look at that, I just, I, I, my heart breaks, my heart breaks. And the big question and, and what I have been asked, it's so crazy when these things happen across the country, I get asked, how did an 18 year old get so much hate in his heart? Right. Right. We're Which all is exactly that's it. And you always say story behind the story. And how did we get here? Right. Exactly. And we're going to hear more backstory. stories. We're going to hear more stories. We're going to hear from people that knew him. We're going to hear from probably teachers. And of course, there was already a red flag. There was already a red flag that he was going to shoot up his high school. Um, and, you know, he was medically evaluated, like I think you said, Colleen. and what Day and a half. He was a- checked into a mental hospital and evaluated and released a day and a half later. Right. You know, it's interesting because I talk to my class a lot about kind of preparing of what, what would we do if there was a school shooting? Like I've got this class and I don't have any windows, but I've got two doors. And we've kind of talked about, you know, what is it that we're going to do and we're supposed to keep our door locked and, and that, you know, and, and different safety. And I asked them one day, I said, what do you think the likelihood that it would really happen? Do you think here at this high school? And they're like, oh, we think it's high because we hear about people bringing guns in all of the time, which is sad that they think that. But I, but I love the fact that they think that it could, that they're not living in a world where they don't think it that it could happen to them, and so that allows me to kind of prepare them, um, and 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 just kind of explain to them, you know, the likelihood of it happening is is kind of high, and let's just be prepared. That's statistically true. The uh, according to the Gun Violence Archive, the number of mass shootings in America has significantly increased since 2018. And in 2018, there was almost one per day. So the numbers 2018, there were 336. 2019, it rose to 417. During COVID, it spiked to 611. And 2021 ended with 693 mass shootings. That is crazy. Okay. So we're talking about, you know, mass school shootings. Just to clarify, what they uh, define a mass shooting is four or more people being shot or killed and not including the shooter. So just in case people didn't know that it's four or more people is considered a mass shooting. Now the Buffalo attack is the deadliest mass shooting of 2022. We haven't been hit. We haven't even hit the hot summer months, which of course we all know goes crime goes up then. Uh, As of May 15th, 2022, it's 19 weeks into the year and America has already seen 198 mass shootings. That's crazy. It's, it's it's so sad and it's so crazy. And I, I just had dinner with my parents. I, I go over there every week for dinner and, and we were talking about it. And my dad's like, man, I'm just so happy you're out of law enforcement because you're just outgunned. And we are. I mean, that officer had his weapon with him in Buffalo working security. But, you know, he's shooting back at the suspect and the suspect had body armor on and a helmet on. And he wasn't able to be taken down because he was so well protected. The suspect was so well protected and outgunning the officer. Right. He had armor. He had an armored vest. Yes. He had an armored vest. He had a helmet. So he was protected as he was being 
shot at and, and we're just in such a crazy kind of time in the world. But man, one thing that you have to remember, and we're, I'm talking a lot about profiling in, in class right now. We're really talking about people and how do you profile, not just the obvious serial killers, but you're profiling the people, you know, that you're dating and that you're deciding to be friends with or the, who you're going to room with in college and all those types of things. And you go back and you start profiling and there's just so many red flags. And I don't know how many more red flags we're going to need to kind of stop this whole craziness of these mass shootings because what I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. There's going to be red flags. It's already been, it's already been posted. You know, he, he threatened to shoot up his high school and then they're going to go in, they're going to interview the parents and then they're going to go and interview friends. And some are going to say he was such a nice boy. And then they're going to have people that are like, I don't know. He caught, you know, he said he was going to do this and he said he was going to do that. And we're such, and we're in such a trick bag. Law enforcement is in such a trick bag. Communities are in such a trick bag because you know, we have uh, the the um, ability to go get these weapons where we can shoot and kill so many people in seconds. And these these automatic rifles, they shoot so, so quickly in the capacity for their handguns. So on duty, when I would carry my 9mm Glock, there would be 17 uh, um, bullets in the magazine. So the magazine is a little thing that goes in the gun. 17 and then if I chambered one then I had one in the chamber so we're talking about 18 rounds 17 or 18 rounds and then I would carry uh, two different two two more magazines on my gun belt so that's 34 rounds so I'm up to 50 some rounds but that is no competition when you're dealing with an automatic assault rifle and they shoot so you can they just spray I mean they absolutely just spray handgun you can't do that it's you pull the trigger one bullet comes out, boom, boom, boom. These uh, assault rifles that these people are using, these mass shootings, it's like, just that quick. And they're just killing people and people are just dropping. And within two minutes in Buffalo, the officers had arrived on scene and 13 people had been, you know, shot. So I I don't know what the answer is. And I don't, you know, people are asking me, what what's the answer? What's the answer? What the hell is the answer? I mean, 198 mass shootings so far this year, and we're in May. We're right. in, we just had one in Indianapolis where it wasn't. It's not considered a mass shooting, but like five people were shot downtown, oh. you know. And then Milwaukee this past weekend, like 17 people were shot outside of the uh, where the Milwaukee Bucks play, and and it's just so I'm asked all the time, what is the answer? What is the answer? And I don't know that there is a solid answer to that. He, you know, in the, in the little digging that I did, he was a big gamer. He was, he had this, you know, uh, thing written out about how, how he hates. Right. The uh, manifesto. People, the manifesto. That he you know, posted like online. Absolutely. And this whole online thing is so, and I talk about it all the time with my kids, how important online stuff is because they do these TikToks and they do all these sorts of things and you know, I said, what are you guys looking for? You're posting it on TikTok. You're posting it on Instagram. What are you doing it for? And they go, well, we just, we like it. And I said, you know, but what's the most important thing? Well, it's the likes. It's all the people that are commenting. It's the likes. And so, you know, he was influenced. The shooter was influenced in Buffalo with all of this online. And he got with these groups that hated black people. And he drove 200 miles to do this. Now, right. he lived in a zip code where it was like 6% or less 
was African American, and then he went over uh, to this neighborhood that was, you know, 200 miles away, and obviously he was shooting, you know, at black people. I think maybe I think one, maybe one or one or two of the victims were white mm-hmm. um, in this situation on Saturday. But where did he get all of this hate? Where did he get the gun? You know, and I was saying it's interesting because video games. My grandmother bought my first Atari. Okay, Atari for you guys. <laughs> Remember that <laughs> Atari, and I was hooked. I was hooked. And I played every day. And I remember it was, it was, I think it was my mom that said, you can play an hour, but you're playing too long. You, you know, you're playing too long because I was mesmerized by it and was relaxing. And I was so in to trying to defeat it. And with these video games that these kids are now playing, they are so into it and they're so real life and the thrill of shooting people and the blood splatter and all these things. I mean, we could talk about this for three hours. Well, there's so, well that's the that's the interesting thing about this all. There's so many aspects to it. It's psychologically, how did this kid have so much hate in him at such an early age? What was his background, his upbringing, his environment, that whole thing? Then it's the social media influences and maybe the influences of peers. Then there's the gun control laws, like how right. would it have changed anything if it wasn't legal for him to get that gun in the first place? How would it have changed the situation? Would he have gotten it somewhere else? Like it's that there, it's well, such if, a complex if, issue. And that's the thing. And that's what I, I try to tell people. Like you've got, we are in a world right now where you absolutely have to pay attention to your surroundings. Even when you go to the grocery store, you've got to pay attention. And you, and we hate that we have to live in a world where we're like, okay, oh my God, I'm going to the grocery store. Do I have to worry about somebody walking in with an assault rifle? And that's the last thing. And so we're in a world now where it's like, I don't know how we're going to stop what is happening. But I think what we can do is try to prepare or at least be aware, like literally be aware that the possibility of it happening wherever you're at is real, is just flat out real. Almost almost have an emergency plan at every minute of every day sort of thing, right? Like in the back of your head. Well, and you hear a lot about crimes and victims of crimes, and we looked at victimology, like, right? We look at victimology. What role did the victim play in this crime? Are you freaking kidding me? They were going to the grocery store. So that's out the window. You can't look at victimology for that. They didn't, they were at the grocery store buying groceries. So, of course, then you're going to have to pinpoint down and where in the system were mistakes made where, you know, now it's so common. Oh, I'm going to shoot up a school that it doesn't even shock people anymore. Do we, do we tell somebody about it? And I keep telling my kids, guys, if you hear something, say something, just say something. Don't be that person that knew that information and decided they didn't want to be a snitch or they didn't want to get involved because you just never know. And it, and or it if appears you exp- to me. Or if you experience something, right? Not even just overhearing, but you have a strange encounter with someone and you just sense that something is often, something's not right. Right. Say something. Say something. And I we had a I'm weird really, feeling. Yes. I am real. I'm telling you, I told my kids the other day, if I only teach you one thing, it is absolutely to listen to your gut feeling because if something feels off, it probably is. But damn, if you don't flip to Buffalo and go, they're, right. they weren't How feeling could they anything. Have known? The, of course they weren't not. in the, I mean, they're picking out their groceries. So, you know, I, I just feel it's, it's horrible to hear about it. It's horrible to have, you know, and think about all the law enforcement that had to respond to that and see that. 
And to know that we've had 198 mass shootings this year is nuts. And so all of these crazy things are happening in the country. And what's interesting about the Buffalo thing is he also said that he started, you know, writing that 180-page thing because he was bored because of COVID. He's oh, bored. God. It's, it's going to be interesting to hear the story, to hear the story behind the story. It absolutely is because there's going to be a lot of things that come up. But, but we're going to hear the same damn things that we've heard. We're going to see the red flags. We're going to hear these things that we've heard over and over and over, and we're still in the same boat. How red does the red flag have to be? Like, how red does it have to be? And I don't know why now we live in a world where we're not believing the threats. Because I'll tell you what, there's one thing I know for sure. Everyone that said that they were going to kick my ass on the police department, bad guy when I lock him up, or I'm going to, when I find you, I'm going to kick your ass, or when I'm there on a domestic, they've tried. So I believe people when they say that they're going to do something, you know, and I don't know if that's just experience or what. You've said to me too, if somebody says, you know, in a relationship, if somebody says in anger, I'm going to kill you, they're the type of people that absolutely could, they have it in them to do it if they've said Well, they have it in them because they've thought about it. And not only have they thought about it, they verbalized it to you. You know, and they say that all about goals, right? All the time about goals. Hey, it, you know, you've got these goals. Just don't think about them. Say them out loud or write them down and because it makes it real. And so when people are threatening you that they're going to kill you or they're going to hit you or they're going to hurt you, you, we've got to start believing them. I've been asked since this shooting, I've gotten like seven or eight emails on what can we do about this? What can we do about this? And it just, the only thing that I can say really realistically is, Stay prepared. Pay attention to your surroundings. Don't live with the thinking that it's not going to happen to me. So, um, well, it's just too sad. And I, I prayers go out to everyone that's affected, all of the victims, all of the victims' family, all the law enforcement that had to um, get to that scene. All these officers, their, oh, their gosh, life has no. changed drastically just from this one event. And believe you, you go through a lot of events, but when something like that happens and, and they're like, are you kidding me? They're grocery shopping so but i don't want to end it on a on a on a bummer note will you please tell the firecracker story <laughs> oh shit okay but i want to just <laughs> i will <laughs> i i but i have to say though we've got 18 year olds and 17 year old kids that are doing great great things i witness it every day in my classroom to end on an up note and also it is you know keeping on theme i work security we work security a lot, right? That's where we make a lot of our extra money. And I worked a ton of it because they paid us really well. And I was working security at a grocery store. And it was July 4th. And I'm sitting in my car. And we would kind of go back and forth uh, inside the store. Then I'd come out to my car and walk around, whatever. And the manager comes out and gets me. And this guy had has walked in and he was suspicious. And he had all of these <laughs> fire. He had fireworks taped to him. Like he was like... I don't even know how else to say it. It was that, right? And the manager's just like, and I'm like, well, I can't really, like, I can't really kick him out. Like, I don't, like, uh, is it illegal? I don't know. Is it illegal? Fuck, I don't think so. I don't know. That's a new one. So I just go up and I'm trying to have a conversation with this guy and figure out, obviously, you know, we're thinking there might be some mental instability there um, because he's taped firecrackers to his body. And I mean, right? And so I'm just kind of approaching him. I'm like, hey, buddy, what's going on? And he was there for Kool-Aid. To get some Kool-Aid. And I'm like, I love Kool-Aid. 
let's go down to aisle 12 and get the Kool-Aid. And so I'm kind of just talking to him and following him to make sure that he doesn't light himself up like in the middle of the grocery store. And he was completely fine and calm. And we were literally just talking about Kool-Aid and he got through the checkout line and I'm like, happy fourth. And I'm like, be careful. But it was no big deal. He just decided to to tape fireworks all over his body and then go to the grocery store and get Kool-Aid. And so that, that, that's my 4th of July. And, you but know, didn't, it, didn't you ask him why do Hey buddy, why do you have those taped to you? Well, he's like, it's the 4th of the July. Like, it, like <laughs> you don't have firecrackers taped to you. I mean, like he looked at me like I was a dumbass. Like, like I'm the one that has some issues going on. He doesn't like, have room in his pockets for those. So what is the problem? And like, why, what's wrong with you officer? It's freaking 4th of <laughs> July. So it's just, but a, a lot of funny things you know, happened and off duty. And that, and that was one of them for, for the 4th of July, which is coming up soon, right? We're in May. So that'll be coming up. Oh, but gosh, yeah, I, it is. I remember calling, calling up going, you're not even going to believe this shit. And that's <laughs> a lot of the times how we start a conversation. She'll go, hello. Hey, what's going on? I'm like, you're not even going to believe this shit because <laughs> the things that we see, you know, in this line of work, you can't make this shit up. Like I am not creative enough. <laughs> I am not freaking creative enough. And and people are funny and and yeah, so that that's my 4th of July story. So <laughs> stay safe, stay alert so that you can be a good detective in your own life. If you have a cold case you'd like Chris to review, submit it through our website at murderwithmenina.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at murderwithmenina and Twitter at murderwmenina. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Murder with Menina.